Hello, what have we here? Welcome to another episode of Lando's Lounge. We're back. Yes, we are. Today we are doing kind of just a filler-ish episode. We finished our series and there's not much in the realm of big news. There's some yeah. interesting things, but we'll get to that. Um, this is, yeah, this is more like the hyper-casual episode while we just wait for a flood of content on October 30th. Yeah, basically, this is, the next two weeks are just waiting for Mandalorian. <laughs> um, yeah, super excited about that. We're going to do a little bit of an update. There's one item. We have an interesting question for the carbon freeze. And then we're just going to kind of talk a little bit about Mandalorian predictions and things for the Tabana talk. So, why don't you jump into the Ugnot update? Oh, okay. Now, this does not really have anything to do with, like, official Star Wars. So, this is not typically something we would talk about, I guess. But, so, there's a YouTube channel called Hacksmith, and what they do is they, they're, like, engineers, and, I mean, they're brilliant. They, like, do a whole bunch of things, and what they do is they create real-life versions of, like, pop culture technology. So, like, they do a lot of Iron Man stuff, like, making, like, Iron Man kind of armor and, uh... I mean, I'm sure you can maybe see where this is going. They released a video the other day, and I saw it, and it said something like, world's first retracting 4,000-degree lightsaber. And, you know, it seems like just kind of the stuff that um, you would just kind of glance past. Like, I'm sure a lot of YouTube videos then like, real lightsaber in all caps, not clickbait slash emotional or something like that. Some kind of just clickbait title. Mm-hmm. But in the past few days, I've really seen like this video blow up and it was like number one on trending at, on the YouTube page at one point. And so I watched it and it's, it's pretty legit. It's pretty nuts. So, um, like I said, the channel's called Hacksmith. So you really have to see it for yourself. Uh, but I am going to kind of talk about what it is. So, (laughs) I don't know where to start. So, the actual blade is, um, it's just a mixture of, like, propane and oxygen, and it's a gas. And how they create the beam is, like, have you seen those things where it's, like, a balloon, and then there's, like, a square taped around it? And then they, like, poke a little Mm. hole in the balloon, like, the water flows out, but it looks like it's not flowing, like, it looks still. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's called laminar flow. And so this lightsaber uses the same thing, but instead of, like, the water in the balloon, it uses gas. So it pushes this propane oxygen through these what's called laminar nozzles, and it's set to certain settings, so the gas goes so far, which, like, creates the length and the width of the blade. And then it lights on fire. So it looks... So, like, if you can imagine, like, on a propane stove, like, the blue fire, imagine that. That's what it is, but it's, like, the shape of a lightsaber. 
and it burns at 4,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So um, in the next few days, on their Patreon page, the channel's Patreon page, they released a video of them, like, testing it. But obviously, as I'm not a member of their Patreon, uh, I haven't seen that, and I don't know if they're going to be showing, like, uploading that to their main channel in a few days or so, but that'll be kind of cool to check in on. But, um, yeah, another thing they did is they added certain chemical compounds to it to, like, give the saber different colors. Like, the default color, since it's propane, was blue. But, um, like, when they added, like, regular table salt, it's kind of like the bright yellow of, say, Ray's lightsaber. And when they added strontium, it was red. Just a bunch of different elements made cool little um, colors. And the really interesting thing, because it actually taught me something I didn't know about Star Wars, um, was that, like, in the early days of the Jedi Order, I don't know exactly what time frame we're talking about, but um, they had these things called proto-sabers, where it's like a proto-pack, which is something you wear on your back, like a backpack, and then it's, like, hooked to the saber to power it. And that's what they... Obviously, it's not, like, a real lightsaber would be, like, a super feat of engineering. So this one is, like, the one they've made is, like, the same thing, where there's, like, a pack that they have to wear on their back to actually power it, since it demands so much energy. Uh, but the fact that there's actually, like, a Star Wars, like, kind of tie-in there, like, it's not... Mm -hmm. Like, it... It's just really crazy. Like, there is one thing he, like, holds, like, a steel panel and just cuts right through it, like, super easily. It just melts. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would recommend everyone to watch that. It shows exactly, like, how they build it. And they talk about some previous trials they did where it was basically just, like, a piece of metal that they just heated up so it could cut through things. And they even, like, fought with some of those sabers like, there's a video of them in, like, super protected gear and, like, sparring. But this one is literally, like, it turns on, like, a lightsaber, and it's coated with electronics. So, like, when it turns on, it makes the... And then it, like, it retracts in, like, an actual lightsaber, and it looks like a lightsaber, but it's really crazy. Oh, <laughs> man. It just, uh, just childlike glee, I think, was the thing described me watching this video. But yeah, uh, again, I just recommend everyone watch that video. It's super cool. Yeah, and actually, I think, I think um, some company revealed that they were working on a prototype of like a toy lightsaber that was actually like light. I think I heard that once, but I could never find video of it because it was at like a convention. So it was all very exclusive and stuff. But yeah, that's cool. Fans really have no bounds to their creativity. <laughs> um, and apparently yeah, no that, budget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's about it for the Ognot update. Um, I don't imagine that'll have any commercial <laughs> kind of model <laughs> i don't know how you'd get away with selling something that dangerous um but yeah there's not a lot of news today <laughs> recently <laughs> uh they're being very quiet because it's building up for the mandalorian um 
So let's jump into the carbon freeze. And actually, since we it hasn't even been 10 minutes yet, if you have another carbon freeze that you want to throw in here um, sure, while sure. we're discussing one, while we're discussing this one, maybe we'll do two today just to make up for missing time. All right. But this carbon freeze, which planet would make the best vacation home? Um, I don't know if you've given this any thought or if you even knew this was the question today. Um, but while you look up another question, I will answer that uh, there's kind of a lot of good ones. Um, Naboo is very pretty and very kind of rural. It'd be kind of like a uh, cabin type home, um, like a country home. Mm. Kashyyyk or Endor would be a good, like, cabin in the woods. Um, but I think I'd have to choose Scarif. Oh. Because it's, like, the only beach planet <laughs> that we have. Um, and I just like the beach more than the woods, I think. But Naboo would probably be a, a close second, just because it's, like, it's there's forests and lakes and hills and it's it's like pretty without being a super foresty like Kashyyyk or Endor mm -hmm. and Scarif didn't look like there was a lot of vegetation for shade so yeah um I'd probably go Scarif first just because like it's the only beach planet that has to be like exclusive as as far as we know it's the only beach planet so if you could land an exclusive Scarif beach house, I think that'd be that'd be a nice steal. Yeah. Okay, I actually do have an answer for this. So, well, I think it's the right planet. But there's an episode <laughs> of The Clone Wars where um, Grievous crash lands on a planet, and so a bunch of clones, like, and Anakin and Obi-Wan follow him there. And then out on a scouting mission, Rex gets shot. And they take him... They need a place to tend to him. And they see a little, like, a farm house. And they take him there. And they meet a, a clone that was a deserter uh, from the mm. first Battle of Geonosis. And they meet him here. And this clone, I mean, he left the military. And he married a woman. And they had two kids. And I believe... It was on Seleucami, if I'm thinking of the right planet. And, like, it's just very... I'd say it's the most similar to, like, kind of where we live. Kind of like a more temperate... Farmy place? Yeah, it's, like, farmy with, like, forests and stuff. And, like, obviously, since, like, I love where we live, I think it's, like, mm -hmm. a beautiful area. And it's very kind of secluded in a way. So I feel like Seleucami is kind of the equivalent of that in the Star Wars universe. So, and I always thought the little life, I think his name is like, the clone's name that dessert is like, Jack, Jack, oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. His name's Cut, not Jack. Cut LeQueen. Cut LeQueen, of course. I don't know where I got Jack from. Well, there's a there's a clone named Jack, or no, his son's no, name is Jack. That's probably it. That's a good point. 
Because there's a clone named Jack and his son is named Jack. Genius. Okay. It's really weird. Yeah, anyway, I always... I like the little life that he cut out for himself there. Get it? Cut. But, (laughs) But, yeah. You know, so... That's where I choose. So, Luke am I. Interesting. I think Felucia would also be interesting. There's another episode where <laughs> they crash land on Felucia, but isn't that where the like the Seven Samurais episode is? Um, I don't think that's what it's called, but it's heavily inspired by Seven Samurai. Um, I'm not sure if that's Felucia or not, because Hondo's there. I don't know if he's from Felucia. It might be. Something to research. Or, yeah. Me. It right. might be because they crashed there, too, and they need a ride out. Mm-hmm. That could be. But that's the one that has, like, all the weird coral and yeah, that stuff. It's. It, I think the worst place yeah. for a vacation home might be Umbara. <laughs> nah. <laughs> the Star Wars equivalent of Vietnam. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> it's just um, completely actually, dark all I, the time. I thought about saying Felucia as well, but when I think of Felucia, I just think of Ayla Sakura's death, and that that really I can't really uh yeah doesn't do it for me or whatever planet the Citadel is on, where there's rivers of acid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with all the, and they have the Anubas. <laughs> That's fun wildlife. Yeah. I don't remember what planet that is. Um. But yeah, there's there's so many possibilities. I think if you were an aquatic person, Moncala would be a cool planet. Yeah. But uh yeah, did you get another carbon thing? I did. So this is now <laughs> we recognize that on this show, like we talk about like some super complex stuff that like if you don't devote your entire life and all of your time to Star Wars like we do, <laughs> you might not <laughs> like know so many of these things. So, the question I have today is, what was Luke and his uncle, so I guess like the Lars family, like what were their mm-hmm. jobs? Because, so like in A New Hope, you know, he's always complaining about, oh, like, next season, he's like, we need work droids and make sure, blah, blah, blah. They're out talking about business at the beginning of A New Hope. Like, what do they do? So, would you like to answer that? Uh, yeah. Uh, they're moisture farmers, which isn't a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, just saying moisture farmers doesn't make sense, probably. Um, let me actually look up moisture farming on like the Wikipedia to yeah. kind of give it my understanding of it. Is Tatooine is a very arid planet, desert, and like when the whole planet's a desert, there isn't like really any massive water source to draw from. But obviously, people need water to live, so they have these moisture vaporators that just kind of like gathers the vape, the water vapor in the air and turns it into like usable water. That's my understanding of it. Yeah. Um 
So this from Wikipedia says a moisture farm was an area of land devoted to the production of water through the drawing of moisture from the dry air. It depended on evaporators, a type of device that could harvest excess atmospheric humidity. On hot and arid desert worlds like Tatooine, moisture farming was a vital activity. So, yeah, basically, if you live on a desert planet, water is scarce. So, the um, moisture farmers were people who had these weird-looking antenna that would collect basically any water vapor in the air, which probably contributed to like making the planet even more deserty. <laughs> like I wonder if in its past Tatooine was kind of deserty but not like super like it was it was arid but it wasn't like completely mm. devastated and so people would needed to moisture farm but like not like they moisture farmed and then that caused it to become even more deserty. Yeah. I mean that's not anything official or based on anything, but it's an interesting yeah. thought. Uh, presumably, you'd sell the water you make. I mean, yeah. And, what, um, like, there's a lot of farmers in the real world where they they sell their food that they grow, but they also use their food. But that doesn't really work with water because, like, if you just have water... And obviously, since it's in a desert, you can't very well, like, grow food. Although, I th I do mm. think Aunt Baru does have a little garden. But, like, they yeah, also need to buy food. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's probably intergalactic or interplanetary trade. And <laughs> that's probably all very confusing. And, yeah, the, the other thing, like, the whole reason that they are like, Uncle Owen and Luke are buying droids, like, at the beginning when they get C-3PO and R2-D2, is because they need droids to, like, use the vaporators and to, like, communicate with them. So that's why Aunt Brew is like, oh, make sure it speaks bocce, because I imagine, like, I think C-3PO says something that's like, oh, like, oh, bocce is, like, a second language to me, and it's because... Mm -hmm that's like the language that the vaporators are in or like they work mm -hmm. in, I guess. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, something that not everyone would probably well, it, know or I care mean, moisture to know. farming. It just sounds luxurious, doesn't it? Oh yeah. That... Well, it says, it says, um, Biggs Darklighters family owned 20 Shoot. because they were rich. So it's definitely like an industry. Well, that begs the question, how did the Tusken Raiders get water? Do they trade with, like, the farmers? Or do they have their own? Uh, maybe they trade, maybe they steal. <laughs> That's also a good bet, yeah. Wasn't well, that what happened to Shmi? Like, she was out checking Evaporator and a herd of, or a group of Tusken Raiders swarmed her and kidnapped her. Yeah. Probably weren't trying to kidnap her, but get water I mean, and ended up kidnapping her. If she's there, might as well, I guess. But yeah, that mm -hmm. obviously a very exciting profession to hear about, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so um, 
good carbon freeze. You can always send us those, DM us on Instagram or comment on something. Um, or if you know us personally, <laughs> text them. Um, but yeah, let's jump into the Tabana talk. Like we said, this is kind of just going to be a casual, laid back deal. Um, so let's just get into it. Um, we're going to talk about our final Mandalorian predictions and theories. Um, I wrote out a few like ideas, but it's not anything official and we won't like try to segment them. We'll just try to go from one to the other. Um, so what, what do you think the main plot of this second season is going to be like? My guess is that, I mean, this isn't like super out there or anything, but the Mandalorian Cara Dune and Grief Karga are going to try to return the child or at least find out where he's from in intent of returning him there. And Moff Gideon for some reason wants him. Like, Moff Gideon is the person who presumably sent Werner Herzog's character, whose name I forget, to get the child... It was just the client. Yeah, so like I don't I don't know why he wants him, but he really wants him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I think you're pretty much right. I think um Mando and Baby Yoda are gonna go looking for um Well, I think they're going to look for someone who fits the description that the armorer gave them of the Jedi. Um, which I think could lead them to follow in the footsteps of Luke Skywalker in uh, Return of the Jedi, or it could lead them to Ahsoka, um, who's rumored to appear, maybe confirmed to appear by the uh, Denmark Disney Plus um, account. But... um, for some reason, I feel like Cara Dune and Grief Karga are going to be separated from Mando, at least for a bit. Um, because, like, just the footage they've shown of us and the images they've shown of us, there hasn't really been a lot of the three of them together. Um, so I think maybe... Mm-hmm. Maybe... Like, I'm, I'm pretty positive about what Mando and Baby Yoda are doing, but I'm not so sure what Cara Dune and Grief Karga are doing. I do think, though, that we're going to see a lot more of Moff Gideon, who's going to be hunting down uh, the child for his nefarious purposes. Um, do you think they'll explain why he's after Baby Yoda? And what, what do you think? Why do you think he needs him? Well, in the in the article we went over, the Entertainment Weekly article, um, Giancarlo Esposito said that like Moff Gideon isn't going to be like just like some typical maniacal bad guy, and that he just wants to like destroy the good guys or whatever. But he said that he mm-hmm. wants to like do more, like he's going to try to persuade them and like kind of work with them, and he's like not exactly. And so there's levels to it there, which makes me think that at some point in this season, 
Mando and the group are going to be maybe tentatively working with him or at least like hearing him out. So I think it might be one of those things where it's like Thanos, where it's like he's doing a really bad thing, but like he maybe has like good intentions. Like, I don't, re- I don't really know. Like it just, <laughs> I don't know. It just makes me wonder like why baby Yoda specifically, like what's special about him. And then you'd be, I mean, the logical thing is that he can use the force but, like, surely there has to be some other baby that also has the Force. Like, I don't really know why he wants him. Yeah, um, what's interesting is that at the end of Season 1, Moff Gideon has his Death Troopers just kind of murder the client. And that scientist that was studying the child, I believe he said something like, or I believe he, like, let Mando take the child. The scientist did. So were the client and Moff Gideon working together, or was the client trying to do something else, and Moff Gideon was like, hey, I heard about this guy who has this thing that I could use. We're going to take it from him. Um, I just watched that episode the other day, and basically what happened is, like, they were gonna use it, but whatever they're gonna use it for, like, the client was like, eh, kill it. (laughs) Like, in the process of doing what they needed to do, but then the scientist was like, no, that wasn't part of our deal, and then, like, he let Mando take him because he didn't want the child to die. So that makes me think that maybe they're, like, extracting his midichlorians or something. And, I mean, that would be interesting if it, that were the case, because I feel like midichlorians have barely been mentioned in lore, <laughs> other than, like, when it was first introduced and probably in some books somewhere that I haven't read yet. So it'd kind of be interesting if they brought midichlorians kind of back into the the public eye and said maybe they aren't Mm -hmm. so dumb (laughs) like yeah well it seems like from that mandalorian documentary john favreau was kind of pulling things that were kind of not cool about star wars and trying to like make them cool like there's lots of references to the holiday special and all that stuff like with his his laser rifle that just incinerates people that's yeah and the blurgs obviously Yeah, um, I could see that. Um, I saw an interesting theory that was like, um, Moff Gideon needs the child to help him navigate through the un uh, unknown regions of space because he's looking for something. And then the people that were talking about this theory said that he was looking for um, Grand Admiral Thrawn to kind of, like, put the Empire back together or something. I don't know. I, I, I was like, it's interesting, Bro, but how, I don't know. How a baby gonna lead you through that? I don't... <laughs> well, it's because in the new Thrawn book, the the Chiss Ascendancy uses, like, children who are called Skywalkers, un, unconnected to 
um, the Skywalker family, but um, they kind of help them navigate by these abilities that they have that eventually go away after they reach like a certain age or whatever. So it's kind of like maybe you need a force sensitive child to help you navigate through uncharted space or something. I don't know. It, it was an interesting theory, but um, there wasn't, there was a theory that they were trying to clone baby Yoda or trying to like, take the power of the force from him or something like that, which I don't know. Um, I don't really like that idea. I think it's kind of, it's kind of too, um, sci-fi. Yeah. Um, like flash Gordon-y type stuff. Um, not that sci-fi flash Gordon-y isn't star Wars. Cause that's literally what inspired it. But, um, I don't know. It it just seems weird that you'd want to, like, clone Baby Yoda. It just seems weird. Um, I don't know if we're going to get, like, the the season, or the, yeah, the season isn't obviously the last one, but I think that they're not gonna, like, give us the end. Like, they're not gonna... Like, Baby Yoda's story isn't going to end, I don't think, in season two. So it's like, where do you think... Like, how do you think this season will end? Like, where will char- like will any characters die? What will be the fate of these people? A lot of people I've seen say that they think this show is going to end with Moff Gideon capturing the child. And it's just going to be a cliffhanger. Like, season two? Or, yeah. or like the show, and like holy crap, that's cynical. No season, no. I've heard people say they think season two is going to end with Moff Gideon getting the child and leaving with him. Hmm. That could be pretty cool. I guess. Well, not like good. Like that's obviously not a good thing to happen. But like from a storytelling point of view, that could be pretty cool. Um, I saw something that said. Like, it kind of ends by Mando challenging Moff Gideon to, like, ritual combat, killing him, taking the Darksaber, and then, like, becoming the new leader of, like, the ma- all the group of Mandalorians we've seen in Season 1, which could be interesting, I guess. But, I re- like, I really don't know, man. I feel like I could maybe make more accurate guesses from like an episode or two and kind of just to see where it's going, but there's no indication mm-hmm. of where it's going. Yeah. Um, well, like how, all right. So who do you think is going to show up? I know we've said who we want to show up. Who do you think is going to show up? Because, if, like, Ahsoka and Boba Fett show up, how are they going to factor into this greater plot? Well, I definitely think that Rosario Dawson is showing up. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Probably as Ahsoka. Just because of 
that was like the first rumor and it was like super massive and it seemed Mm -hmm. like very cut and dry although it was basically everything Mm -hmm. but confirmed and then like you said maybe accidentally confirmed by what country was it denmark it was like it was like the disney plus of denmark instagram channel posted a little clip that had the cast at the bottom and Rosario Dawson yeah. appeared. And so did Timothy Oliphant, who was supposed to be playing Cobb Vamp, which was that guy who had that connection to Boba Fett. So, yeah, I feel like if Boba Fett or like Cobb Vamp showed up, like that would kind of be like a, like a self-contained episode. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how much of this story will be like, one story i guess because like season one was like a mission here and then the next episode there's a mission there's next there isn't really like a continuous story until i feel like the last three episodes or so or last two episodes but i guess Mm -hmm. and episode one and two as well well it was like yeah it was like the first two and like the last Mm -hmm. three so like if they kind of follow that model, I could see, like, in episode or two or three, kind of in the middle, where we're like, oh, shoot, this is the Boba Fett episode. And he just, like, has a run-in with Boba Fett, like, a notorious mm-hmm. bounty hunter that everyone thought was dead, <laughs> like, reported dead. And then he just shows up, maybe trying to, like, maybe steals a bounty from Mando, and then they have beef. But, um... Boba Fett, I don't know. I I think probably he'll show up. I re- think Ahsoka will show up. I don't know if this is just wishful thinking, but I... Like, I don't know if it's just because I want this to happen, but I think Bo-Katan will show up. Yeah, I hope, I really hope Bo-Katan shows up. There was also that guy who was um, teasing that he was going to be Ezra in Mandalorian Season 2. I would love it if Ezra showed up somehow. Um, I don't know why or how. Yeah, I don't I think he it. will, but it'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um... Even if, like, well, I think it'd be cool if, like, the end of the show, maybe, like, Moff Gideon is trying to find Admiral Thrawn, and he finally finds Admiral Thrawn's ship, and he walks aboard, and Thrawn is there with Ezra. And it's been, like, several years mm-hmm. since and they're just Rebels. Um, well, I don't know if they'd be homies, but, <laughs> um, I don't know. It's It'd be interesting. Um... I do think... uh, I don't know if Sabine is going to show up. I mean... I feel like... They shouldn't just bring every Mandalorian character that we know into the show. Like, if they had... um, The Mandalorian, and then they had Sabine, and they had Bo-Katan, and Boba Fett, who may or may not be Mandalorian. And then they had... And then they they had... um, And they had... uh, What's his name? Um... Cobb Vanth, who's like a fake Mandalorian because he's wearing Boba Fett's armor or whatever. 
like not that Cobb Vance isn't Mandalorian at all, but the fact He's that he enough. wears armor, like Mandalorian armor, Jango makes him Fett kind of an imposter. Up, huh? <laughs> yeah, just Django. Django the Fett's heavy skull. Mandalorian takes off his helmet. It's pre Vizsla. Oh, you're here too. <laughs> I know. Actually, his name his name is like yeah, Tor Vizsla or something. He sounds exactly like yeah. pre Vizsla, bro. It's so crazy. Yeah, I know it's. John Favreau, you know. Um, so, do you think anyone's going to die in this? Um, well, like, obviously, some people <laughs> some are going to die, but, like, probably the main die. character. So, and if so, who do you think well, is most likely to if die? If it kind of goes in the way that you're we're speculating, we're, like, speculating, <laughs> speculating speculating that Mando and the child are kind of off doing something, then Cardoon and Grief Karg are off doing something. Mm-hmm. I could kind of picture Dune and Karga having a little bit of like a, a friendship, like growing like a bond over the episode. The episodes that they're mm-hmm. together, and then like one of them having to die at the end. Like, I don't know. I could see that. I think probably Grief Karga yeah. just because I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, Carl Weathers is supposed to be directing an episode. Maybe they were like, hey, we're going to kill Grief Karga. Do you want to at least direct the episode? Like, um, And then maybe like they plan to keep having him direct episodes just to keep him involved with the show even if his character's dead. Um, yeah, I could see that. I don't know. I don't know. They've, I think they hinted that Grief Karga had a tragic past. So I don't know if they're going to explore that. I feel like if they did explore his past, that would be setting Mm -hmm. him up for death. Because, like, they only reveal certain things about characters when something important is going to go on with that character. So... I don't know. Um, we talked about kind of what we think is going to happen with the child and all that. Um, Moff Gideon, Giancarlo Esposito, his, um, his, as he's been talking about his character, he's kind of, he's talked about him as like a descendant of Vader, um, whatever that means. Uh, as like a negotiator, what kind of villain do you think he's going to be? Do you think he's going to be like a Gus Spring in space? Or do you think he's going to be like, do you think he's going to have a point where he just snaps and becomes like, kind of like Kylo Ren in uh, The Force Awakens, where he just kind of snaps and like goes ballistic on people? Do you think he's going to be more of that calm, cool, collected guy? Or do you think he's going to be like, in the fight himself. Like, obviously, he has the Darksaber. Do you think he's going to be... It? And 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 he's, I think he said he's broken several Darksabers on set during fights. So, it sounds like he's going to be fighting. Do you think he's going to be, like, actually in the action this season? Or do you think he's still going to be mostly sending people out to do things? Well, yeah, no, I him. think he's going to be getting seeing some action there. I don't really know... 
from what we saw of him from season one, he definitely seems not like so angry or like violent. But I could see him kind of fighting like Dooku to where he's just like very like composed. Maybe not as like mm-hmm. f- finesse as Dooku is, but like to where he's yeah. more like calm and composed in fights, I suppose. Do you think he's force sensitive? I don't think so. Maybe not like to the extent where he could use the force, but kind of like a um like a Chirrut Imwe from Rogue One where he knows of it and can like sense movements yeah, in the force and things I like that. I kind of hope not, to be honest. I saw a theory that he was an ex-Inquisitor. See? Not really any standing for see, it, but... It's just interesting that he yeah. has the Darksaber. Um, I think we're going to see the Purge in flashbacks in this season, the Purge of Mandalore. I think we're going to see flashbacks of him taking the Darksaber. Yeah, I mean, as far as the Darksaber's um, concerned, as many as... Like, the only Force-sensitive people that I'm aware of that used it is, like, the first... The person who made it, the first Mandalorian Jedi. Mm-hmm. And also Darth yeah. Maul. The only Mandalorian Darth Jedi. Darth Maul had it for a short while. Yeah. Um... So it seems like more typically, like non force wheeling people use it. Yeah. So I, and I kind of like that the Mandalorian is kind of distanced from the forest a little bit because we get so much of that in like the main body of Star Wars that it's kind of like cool to see mm-hmm. from a new perspective. But if they start like bringing in like, say they bring in Ahsoka and they bring in Ezra and then Moff Gideon's also force sensitive. Like, I feel like they're already, like, I feel like Baby Yoda, like, kind of using the force sometimes is, like, as far as it can go without just becoming a thing about Jedi again. You know what I mean? So I Mm kind of hope he's not force sensitive. Um... Yeah, I don't know if they would do that. It would also kind of be weird because it'd be like, how is there a guy who has the Force in the Empire, but like Palpatine's not not like using him in a different role than just being a moth? I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, do you have any other predictions or theories for... Well. Season two. Um, just the other day, they kind of... It's not like a trailer, but they released a new teaser thing. I guess a promotional video. Mm. And it's basically... It's almost identical to the teaser trailer we got. Or trailer, I suppose. A couple weeks ago. But like a few things are changed. Like a few things are added in. And in the episode where we talked about the Entertainment Weekly article... Uh, I know we are kind of speculating about what large vehicle Moff Gideon would command. And you were talking mm-hmm. about a Star Destroyer. And now I also think that. <laughs> because there is a shot in this new teaser trailer where like an Imperial door opens to like, it's kind of like the rectangular door that opens from the corners like that. Mm-hmm. And while that's happening, and I mean, 
it opens and Mandalorian and Cara Dune are standing there. And while that happens, you hear the of like like the klaxon or whatever is sounding of like a Star Destroyer. Mm -hmm. So I very much think that's what that is now. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see that. And that's kind of that kind of um, goes to that theory that you know, Moff Gideon needs the child to find something or to, like, lead him somewhere. Um, if he has a Star Destroyer and he's or, going somewhere, I don't know. I d- um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's I all just mystery. I idea that could kind of go along with this whole, he needs him to, like, help him find something. What if he, mm-hmm. maybe he needs Baby Yoda to ha- have him open mm-hmm. a holocron. I hadn't considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if, if, um, like he, um, came into possession of like the emperor's kind of knowledge, um, after his death and is kind of trying to use it to rebuild the empire, but he can't open it and he knows that they had this mystical power, so now he's looking for someone with a mystical power to help him open it that could be i don't know how he would like i don't know can a non-force user even like read a holocron uh, i mean yeah because in the clone wars anakin opens a holocron for cad bane and then presumably he reads it i think it's just that it can't be opened true um yeah, it's just the Rebels, the Holocrons in Rebels are so weird because they like, like they're, I think of a Holocron as like a literal, like body of knowledge, like data. But then in Rebels, it's just like, it creates this flashing light and you just like mm-hmm. know stuff. Now. Well, I mean, that's more specifically it's like weird. the combination of a Jedi and a Sith Holocron. But I always did wonder mm. when watching that show, like, what those specific, like, do you need those two specific holocrons or just any any Jedi and any Sith holocron, even if it's just about, like... Yeah, because I, I always thought that holocrons contained, like, they were like flash drives almost, but could store, like, infinite yeah. Jedi knowledge or whatever. Because, like, Kanan's has the hologram of Obi-Wan presumably to like always remind him of the Jedi and what happened and everything. But yeah, it's, it's weird. It's an interesting thought that maybe he needs that. Um, maybe he was like, um, like a, a Vader or a Palpatine, like cultist who kind of like how Vader had his kind of, um, or well, Palpatine had his like, I don't know. I think he had like a mystical kind of weird cult around him that weren't like Sith, but like obviously Vader's castle had people that worked there. Um, and I think they said the people in Rise of Skywalker that Kylo Ren kills at the beginning were Vader cultists left over on Mustafar or something. So I don't know. Maybe he was involved with that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say, but. 
oh, gosh, there's just, like I feel very confident that that in the fact that Mandalorian's probably trying to return Baby Yoda home, and Moff Gideon is trying to catch him, but like that's about all I feel confident about about this season. Like nothing else. I know that there's going to be the Razor Crest and Ma- the Mandalorian and Moff Gideon, Cara Dune, and the baby in Grief Garga, and some Gamorreans and some water. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like they're so good with their marketing where they have showed us so much without telling us anything. Gotta love it. So it's all speculation, and I can't wait for two weeks. Um, I did figure out, though, the release dates are starting October 30th every Friday, eight weeks in a row. So there's Mm -hmm. no double episode or anything like that. Um, Which means I will be at college for the first four. But by the time the fifth one rolls around, I'll be home for the end of the semester. And, uh, well, that'll be... I'll have graduated at that point, so I won't. Uh, it won't be break. It'll just, just be life. permanent out of collegeness. So the first half I'll be at college. The second half we'll be able to watch together. Maybe even. I think I might come home actually, October thirty first, and we could watch it um, the night of the thirtieth if mm-hmm. I get home or something. So maybe we could even watch the first one together. I don't know yet, um, but yeah. Uh, looking forward to it. Um, yeah, this was kind of a chill, relaxed episode. Next week probably will be kind of the same type of laid-back thing, just because we're having a nice break from the two episodes a week of the series that we did, 11 episodes of a series. Um, and then we're going to pick back up October 30th, probably with two episodes a week for The Mandalorian. And that'll be eight weeks long. So it'll be nice to have kind of a chill few episodes uh, between now and then. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, Hopefully uh, you find our ideas, theories, predictions interesting. If you have any of your own theories or predictions, comment them on uh, our Instagram posts. um, DM us. Maybe next week we can share some fan uh, predictions or theories um, during one of our segments. So yeah, thanks for listening and uh, we will Thank you for listening to Lando's Lounge. Lando's Lounge can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing us with a friend or rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. To engage with us on social media, follow at Lando's Lounge Podcast on Instagram and like and follow the Lando's Lounge page on Facebook. To ask a question for our Q&A segment, The Carbon Freeze, engage with us in comment sections or shoot us a DM for the possibility of your question being featured. The intro music to this podcast is Star Wars Cantina Band Closed on Sunday Lo-Fi Remix. Thank you again for listening and tune in to the next episode.